Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas that are sometimes informational, sometimes inspirational, and always entertaining on Stacy Connects. Hey everybody, welcome to Stacy Connects. So I just have to, before I get too into my intro, say, hi, mom. You're not going to be able to make your friends be quiet. I know you're all excited right now because of who my guest is today, but you're all just going to have to calm down for a minute here. Um, I will get to Tom Hamilton Jr. as fast as I can, I promise. Uh, But if this is the only way I can get you to listen to me, then so be it. Uh, so anyway, hey, for the rest of you, welcome to Stacy Connects. I am Stacy Heller. Uh, as usual, we're going to see if we can make some connections today. If you are a new listener to the program, this show is meant to be about making connections through conversation, uh, because I ultimately believe that asking questions is so much better than making assumptions. And I love to engage with the elephant that is in any room. Whether you listen live or you listen later via podcast, I so appreciate you supporting me. All my 10s, 11s, I might be up to 13s of listeners. I don't want to get uh, I don't want to get too cocky and say I have 20s of listeners, so I'll just keep it in the teens. Um, seems like a good thing. Uh, if you would be so kind, maybe subscribe, maybe leave a comment, maybe rate the show. That kind of thing is really, really helpful and appreciated. And let's face it, my love language is words of affirmation. So you taking the time to do it is essentially like a love letter to me. And Valentine's Day is coming up. If you cannot get enough of me, or really Eric, then don't forget to check out our show, Don't Ask Me to Talk. That is uh, live on Thursdays from 3 to 4 on 880 Kixie. Love doing that show with Eric. This week... And I'm going to be asking you for advice, Tom. Uh, This week, our show, we're going to attempt to write a song in about like the show's an hour and we only really have like 20 minutes. And I was like, you know what a good idea would be to write a song. Right. And (laughs) Eric. This is going to be a high wire act. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Eric actually has like legitimate musical talent and a wealth of information about music instruments the industry i on the other hand sound like the illegitimate child uh between kate smith and ethel merman so um whatever song we end up writing it is it's going to be entertaining question mark kate, uh kate smith is very popular in philadelphia yeah uh, just so you, you does know. she do the like the god bless america uh, at yeah, games for, for- for our uh, for the the Philadelphia Flyers, our our local hockey team, right? Uh, back in the seventies, she uh, she would come and sing "God Bless America" um, before the playoff games, and they almost always won whenever she did that. And uh, they and you know, I mean, she's obviously long deceased, but they still play her. Uh, they still play her stuff. Did it sound like this? God bless America, right? Sure did. A little bit. I mean, kind of. Yeah. That's pretty good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Again, I toned down the Ethel Merman and I tried to amp up 
the Kate Smith in honor of her. Um, so I might have some questions about that when we start chatting more. Uh, okay. If you want to call in, uh, you're going to have to beat my mom to uh, the phone line because no doubt she'll be calling in. But the number to call in live is 425-373-5527. Otherwise, you can call or text 475-999-2726. Okay. I'm like rushing through all of this stuff because I know we've got to get to the good stuff. So each week I talk about uh, conversations and observations that I have had from the past week. And interestingly, I don't ever front load this stuff. I just kind of pick and choose. And it's been uh, appropriately a very musical week, uh, which given what Tom does as a professional musician, it was kind of perfect. So a couple things. One, I went to Super Diamond on Friday night. Now, for those of you that don't know, Super Diamond is this uh, Neil Diamond cover band that has been in the business for like, I don't know, 30 years. And it I have been going for the past like 10 years. We go to the show box every year. And every year without fail, some one of us middle-aged people falls apart. It's like we haven't been let outside for months or years and someone is a mess. Now, what happens at Super Diamond stays at Super Diamond, so I will not share to the wider audience. Um, but it is very, very fun. And it is also very sad to smell the faint smell of desperation, perfume, and booze that is in the collective air when these guys are playing. Because the music is so iconic. I grew up with mom and dad listening to Neil Diamond. And so, you know, I know all of these songs and the B-sides. I had to listen to them all the time on Saturdays and Sundays. And all of these people that are very, very drunk out at the show box and very, very sweaty and the women that are trying to look very, very cute for this man that is not Neil Diamond. <laughs> are they drunk on red, red wine? Well, you know what? I think that they are drunk on... Well played, sir. Very, he's very clever. Uh, they are drunk on red, red wine, on rosé, 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 on sure. tequila, like all of it. Franklin um, rosé? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is... That took me a second. <laughs> But very good. Very right? Good. Yeah, you two are going to... I'm up to the challenge. I'm yeah. The challenge. No, you two are going to get along like a house on fire because, like, <laughs> very quick. Um, so I just had to share. It just makes me laugh going every year because, you know, I just... I love the music and I'm there for the music. The opening band uh, was a Bowie cover band. And I think the guy was amazing. He had an amazing voice. But I swear I think he has then like a secondary job, uh, maybe doing a Talking Heads cover band because he had mannerisms that were like, it was sort of like Victor Victoria. Like on the one side, it was like David Bowie. But then on the other side, it was like David Byrne. It was very unsettling. Um, but it's a fun night. Tom, if you're ever in Seattle in January, Super Diamond comes every year in January. It, this is just like clockwork. Every January in Seattle, I can see the premier Neil Diamond cover band. Is what you're 100%. Doing. I mean, 
Neil Diamond himself has been to see them twice. And if you don't think that they trot that out every year, (laughs) I mean, and he brings out his like his eight track and he talks about how who says that Neil Diamond doesn't rock. And it's like a whole thing. Okay, a lot of sequins, an impossible amount of sequins. I will send you. I will send you pictures, and you're welcome in advance. Um, So that was one thing. The other thing that was fun this weekend is I drove our son Charlie back to school, and he was playing. I don't know, one of his rap songs that he's such a fan of. And he's like, I actually found this one because you introduced me to De La Soul and De La Soul and MF Doom did a song together. And so now I know about it. And I was like, I forgot about my De La Soul CD. So then I proceeded to make him listen to Three Feet High and Rising the whole (laughs) way back to Seattle U. And he was like, potholes in my lawn, really? And other tracks from... um, from that particular CD. And I then have been listening to it nonstop since Sunday because I was like, oh, I forgot about how much I love this. Um, so anyway, De La Soul, love them. Uh, okay, my last thing. I watched with Grace on Sunday when I got home from Jake and Charlie. The new, they're describing it as a rom-com. It's called You People. And it's the Jonah Hill movie, and uh, I can't remember the gal's name that he stars in it with. It's Lauren something. Um, It is directed by Kenya Barris, and it is about uh, Ezra Jonah Hill, who is a 30-something Jewish man who has a podcast where uh, he and his co-host talk about the culture, as in black culture, And then he meets this gal whose father, Eddie Murphy, and his mother is, uh, I think, Nia Long. And um, he is um, Muslim. And so, you know, they fall in love and it's this like wonderful thing. But it was like not a rom-com in the traditional way. It was like a rom-commentary because I recognized myself in uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus played uh, Jonah Hill's mother and I was like, oh, oh, yeah, that's 100 percent me, like trying really hard to be like, I'm hip to the scene. And <laughs> like it was it was really done in a great, great way. I highly recommend that you watch it and don't think of it as a rom-com. It was just an interesting thing to see that in an effort to be to maintain uh, the traditions that we grow up in. But then, you know, we're the supposedly the melting pot, right? And so then melting and mixing these traditions and how older generations make it really difficult um, and forget that at the end of the day, all you need is love. I need my horn section back here. Um, but it was a very good movie. Eric, did you see it? Have you heard of it? I, I'm hearing of it now. <laughs> it looks like it's got a good cast. It's got an amazing cast. Um, my, you know, David Duchovny in there, Julie Louise Dreyfus. Yep. Uh, gotta love her. But uh, no, I haven't seen this. I'll, I'll possibly check it out. It's great. And there was this one moment in the movie where uh, Jonah Hill, uh, he's got a ton of tattoos. I don't think I realized how many he had. And at one point, his sister's name is Beanie, Beanie Feldstein. And his arm is in such a way. And like the tattoo was like, hi, Beanie, or something like that. And I was like, 
oh, not even product placement, like sister placement in the movie, which was very <laughs> cute. Um, so anyway, I personally really liked it, and I appreciate it for entertainment purposes, and then I also appreciated it for uh, purposes of sitting with my daughter and having these kinds of conversations and seeing myself, the good, the bad, and the ugly, in some of these characters. So, okay. Yes, Mom, I'm done talking, okay? Um, I'm not even going to share Astasiaism this week because, honestly, I know that Mom uh, wants me to get to chatting with my guest, who is Tom Hamilton Jr. And Wait, so... What's, what's Astasiaism? Oh, you don't know about my Stasisms? No, you, you can't skip the good stuff. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. No wonder my mother loves you. Also, Stacey, we, uh, can you see me or can I only see you? I can see you. You are looking like a uh, musician in a dark cave. I'm in my studio. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a dark cave. But, dude, we have the same phone. phone oh. oh, look at that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Isn't that cute? Twinsies. And part of the darkness is our TV is dying, so. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's not that dark here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's pretty well lit, Tom, so. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> for a studio, for sure. For sure. Okay. Well, then I'll share a astasiasms uh, uh, or astasiasm. So thank you for asking. Astasiasm is 100% some piece of life advice or some bit of wisdom or philosophy that I have 100% stolen from someone else and <laughs> manipulated it uh, to be mine. And so uh, this week's actually comes from my therapist. Uh, and we were talking about, um, you know, changing some of the things that uh, that I do, uh, how I react to things or what different behaviors are, how I respond um, you know, all of these things we when we had my session this week, I was telling her this story that I was a hundred percent sure I was the hero of. And she's like, you know you're not the hero of the story. And I was like, Oh, seriously? So I think I subconsciously knew that. And we were talking about uh the behaviors that I have. And she was saying that you can't change the behaviors that you have out of judgment. So that's never going to be a motivating factor uh, for doing something. Let's take it as simple as, you know, you are trying to not eat so many cookies or, you know, you're trying not to be passive aggressive. I'm just throwing that out there as a suggestion um, or whatever else your thing is. If you're judging yourself and you're like, Ugh, you know, I do this all the time. That isn't going to change the behavior. You have to do it because you feel to do it and because there is love, dare I say it, for yourself and the other person that you're engaging with uh, in the moment. And so the only way that you can really change your behaviors uh, is by having love for yourself and for the others that you are interacting with. So that's astasiasm. I like that. Uh, can, I, can I ask you questions? Yes. Yes. Okay, great. Uh, how long have you been in therapy? Well, let's see. Uh, Mom had me in 1970. <laughs> um, I would say I started going to therapy when I was in college. And then after I left college, uh, I was like, something is not right. And so started going to therapy. And I've gone 
on and off for years. Um, That said, the gal that I'm working with right now, um, I would make an argument that there's something about like right time, right place, right circumstances. You know, at 52, almost 53, I am running out of, uh, I think the expression is F's to give, and I'm getting frustrated with myself. And I, I'm like, I have things to do and I'm standing in my own way. And so this gal that I'm working with, uh, the work that we're doing, I haven't ever cried as much as I've cried in the past <laughs> six months. However, there's been a huge amount of movement. That is awesome. Yeah. What about you? Are you a therapy fan? Uh, I I went to therapy uh, in my early twenties. I have uh, I have pretty severe social anxiety, uh, and I, I certainly have pretty uh, intense intense bouts of depression, uh, as a lot of you know musicians tend to. Yeah. Uh, um, I went for a while in my early twenties when I I started I I, uh, I started having like uh, like Tony Soprano level panic attacks. Uh, in my early 20s, you know, like passing out um, type of stuff. So I, I went then um, and then because I was a musician uh, and poor, I, I I didn't I couldn't afford insurance. Any, sure. Like all the insurance laws changed in, in the late 90s and early 2000s. And then I couldn't afford insurance anymore. Uh, and I stopped going. But, you know, I, I was uh, I, I was on medicine for a little while. Yep. And, uh, and I, you know, only speaking for myself, it, uh, I didn't enjoy the, uh, like the down the middle part of it, you know, like I was always, I was always okay. You know, I was, I was, I was just fine. Right. Um, but I, I, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was just because I was so accustomed to it, or maybe it was the, the romanticizing it because I was you know, a quote unquote artist, but you know, the life was always a little more entertaining when you're teetering on the edge of something, you know? So Um, relatable. This was the other topic that we discussed in therapy this week when it was suggested that perhaps I love the drama. And I was like, okay, rude. I am an excellent producer. I am a natural producer. I know what tells a good story. And I kept like saying, like, I don't like drama. And, you know, every time these these phrases and these like denials came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, 100 percent. I like drama. And I had to make uh, kind of have this moment where I realized in a way I like drama and I'm with you on the you know the high highs and the low lows it's it's almost like the high highs um help you appreciate like there's something about feeling if you deal with depression of which it sounds like you do and i do um then you're so used to stuffing your emotions and not feeling things because it's so uncomfortable that in a weird way when you have a low low you're kind of grateful that you're feeling something and when you have a high high you're like okay all right. Um, at least that's my experience. And so I'm totally with you on the drama of um, of that roller coaster ride. Well, yeah, it's the you know, I, 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 I won't say that I don't. Uh, it's not that it's not that I, I, I wouldn't phrase it that I love the drama. Uh, it's I like the idea of being able to touch 
the full experience you know Mm -hmm. like and 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 it's like the thing of like you you know i signed up for the ride you know like i understand that every action has an equal and opposite reaction so if i'm gonna really if i'm gonna feel the highest of highs i'm also gonna feel the lowest of lows um at you know and those swings those swings are the human condition, right? And that's totally. the, that's the, that's the stuff I'm supposed to be in, in theory. As you know, that's what we're supposed to do as artists, right? We're trying to uh, decipher the human experience for people who aren't uh, able to do it in in the same kind of way, right? And 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 then we're supposed to give that art to people, and in theory, that uh, would help other people get through uh, and identify the 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 things that happen in life and and to feel less alone and you know you know right i mean that's that's oh, my record collection got me through adolescence you know you are uh totally nailing it i heard over the weekend i hadn't heard this the u2 song stuck in a moment in a really 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 long time Great and song. an amazing song and that song when i found out that uh we were pregnant with our fourth child charlie um he was a gift from God. <laughs> and <laughs> um, and I listened to that song in my car on repeat for probably four months. The kids were like, can we please listen to something else? Like, we'll listen to Raffi at this point. Please let us listen to something else. And it was just this whole idea of just being like, you're in a moment and you just, you can't, get out of it and you know there are people that may see uh what's going on um and they can hear you but you kind of have to get out of your own way and choose to get out of your own way and at that time i was without realizing that i was acknowledging it i was like fully aware of the fact that like in the words of the song like right now the water's warm and i will get out when it's too deep and and i did uh, the scary thing, of course, is uh, when you're young and, you know, you're right, you did, we all, those of us that deal with it, we did sign up for it. And yet when you're young, like you didn't, you don't know what you signed up for. Um, and so no that's right, like a totally different thing. Um, but I, it so resonates like that song really spoke to that moment in my life. And then I, you know, I didn't need that anymore. And then I heard it recently and I was like, I've got to read the lyrics like and really revisit it. And it was just fascinating to revisit that time. And I was like, man, I was good. That was a good song for this moment. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you do that often? Do you, will you like obsess over a song for, for like an extended period of time? 100%. I, like the Casey Musgrave song, Rainbow. And sometimes I don't know why I'm obsessed about a song. And then what will happen is uh, I realize that I meant to share it with someone else because it's applicable to them and how I see them or what I think uh, the artist has said uh, that they need to hear. And I don't know how to say it to them. And it's sometimes hard to say something to this person. But by sharing the song, I, I can say it without the judgment um, of my own words, because I'm going to fumble the ball. That's interesting. I like that. Yeah, I like that. I so, I, I, I do the same thing. I like I, I obsess over things, uh, you know, in art like music or, or TV, and you know, yeah, like during COVID, I was uh, kind of circling back on like the therapy thing. Um, 
Yeah, I, the Cliff Notes version of it is, is that I, I, uh, in my early 20s, on this medicine, I decided I needed to just learn how to deal with my my situation uh, and that medicine wasn't the thing for me because it was uh, hindering my creativity, you mm-hmm. know? So I spent most of my 20s trying to understand how to deal with panic attacks and and, and depression and, and you know, when I fall in the hole, how to get out of it and uh, and when I'm having, you know, severe anxiety, you know, how to be able to push through and, and still be able to like go to work and, and do live a life, you know? Um, uh, so... And through that um, process, I, I there, I developed the muscle of self reflection, right? Of of self awareness, yep. of, of you know being able to look in the mirror and have those hard conversations with yourself, you know. Uh, and COVID was eighteen months of me just like staring in a mirror, <laughs> and it was, it was, uh, you know, it it was it was, gosh, it was it was intense uh, yeah. to say the least. But a song I got really wrapped up in is this Bob Dylan song called most of the time. And it's, uh, it, it's like late eighties, early nineties. This is like, this was like the beginning of his comeback Okay, from, from, you know, he had like a real downtime in the eighties. Yep. Uh, and this one song, man, I like 18 months of just every single day, yep. multiple times a day. And, and, you know, and, and so, I, you know, part of it was getting out of it, you know, like it's wringing it out. It's getting the last bit of the toothpaste out of the tube, you know, yep. and, and part of it is getting the all the emotion out of it. Like the, you know, what I tried to, what I hope to do with my music for other people was was what Dylan was doing for me, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I was getting all that from him. But then also just like musically, like it's just like an interesting sounding song so i was like really trying to absorb all of that and and uh, yeah i don't know I, not i just no, it's, relate uh, totally relatable I, I mean and and it's something that i've done since i was a kid uh um two points that i'll make before we go to commercial uh one as a, a teen i knew that i had a hard time uh i knew that i was depressed but i had a hard time crying or letting it go so i used to read the last few chapters of A Light in the Forest, the book, uh, and it's the part where the young boy that had been taken from the uh, like the early settlers um, and had been taken by Native Americans to be part of their tribe and their family, um, kind of this like reunion. And the language of it, without fail, I was like, thank you. I needed that release. I needed to cry. Uh, it was something that I needed to do, and I didn't know how to get there without help. And so I think artists like yourself, uh, you know, whether it's through visual arts or music or the written word or something visual, um, to be able to tap in and uh, get people to a place where they can tap in uh, and connect with something, it's it's hard enough to connect with other people, but connecting with yourself is for many people near impossible so when an artist can help do it it's a huge gift so yeah that's, you know. the, that's the goal yeah um anyway i don't remember my second point because that my friends is adhd in uh real time 
So let's take a really quick break here because we only have like a half an hour left and we have to talk about the meat cute that you and my mother had on the plane ride out to Seattle. So keep listening to Stacy Connects. My guest today is Tom Hamilton Jr. We'll be right back. Do you feel challenged by the thought of getting ready every day? Want to make a great first impression, but don't feel your wardrobe represents who you really are? Does the thought of trying to find great clothing that fits your body and lifestyle have you overwhelmed? Michael Bruce Image Consulting is a premier image consulting company that can help you get your style back on track. Contact them at michaelbruceimageconsulting.com or call them at 425-214-4155 and start that conversation today. Stacy Connects, it's not just my business, it's my superpower. Whether you need the right tone and messaging for a new venture or you've plateaued with your current one, I can help. I connect clients with themselves and their potential. Then I identify unique solutions that translate your brand into messaging that connects your target audience with your business. Go to stacyconnects.com to connect with me and your messaging. Broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Stacy Connects. Today, uh, my guest proves that my ability to connect with people uh, is genetic because my mother is the one who is responsible uh, for Tom being on the show today. So uh, the short story is that mom was headed out to visit uh, me and the family in Seattle. And uh, I think she was in first class, which was like kind of new for her. But, she, you know, she had broken her wrist before and had a surgery. And so she was like, darn it, I'm going first class. And she got off the plane and my husband and my son were waiting for her. And she was like giddy with the fact that she had met this nice young man who chatted with her the entire time, was so attentive and interesting and listened to what she had to say, generously said, can I take you to the baggage area and help you with your bags? I mean... My mother was like, he gave me his number. He's super cute. Like, she was <laughs> like, I got this guy's number, you know, the whole thing. And so I got Tom's number from mom. And I was like, you don't understand how much you made my mom's day. And so then in uh, going back with and forth with Tom a bit, he graciously agreed to come on the show today. So thank you so much for, uh, A, being you, because 100%, uh, clearly you just, uh, you had the time and the space for my mom, and you were just showing up as you are. I can tell that already from how you are on the show. And um, so thank you for that. And for taking care of my mom. Like, you know, like, it's a big deal. And I think I, I feel like I might have responded to your text with the same sentiment, but I mean, dude, hey, man, you know, she made my flight uh, a, a treat as well. You know, I, I'm one of those guys that I get on a plane 
I have my earbuds in. I got sunglasses on. I'm I'm not I'm not talking to people. You know, I, I'm not I'm not a guy that talks to people on airplanes. You right. know, that's right. That's not, um, you know, I like I said, I you know, I I just have so much anxiety all the time from the second I leave my house. You know, um, but you know, she we <laughs> she sits down and she and she just and she just ordered some booze. And, <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> And I just, I can't remember, I can't remember what she ordered, but it was something. Scotch, it was in a, probably. Yeah, but I think it was like, I think she like asked for like a second bottle. Or yeah, like oh yeah. Or like, or maybe she like asked for, I don't know, she, like she, she this was a lady, this was somebody She's who She's a like, baller. Knew, yeah, she knew what she was doing. You know what I mean? Like, she, like, you know, and she like was like, and like put it together herself, you know, it was like, you know, like. I, I've had this drink. I know how I like it. I'm going to do it. You know, uh-huh. thing. and I just thought that was so goddamn funny. And, uh, and, and yeah, I don't know. I thought it was just a cool thing. I was like, okay, this is a cool lady. You know, like this is, you know, this, this isn't just like, you know, I don't know. It just seemed, it seemed like a, a very nice lady. And then, yeah, man, you know, we just started kind of, kind of bullshitting. And uh, next thing you know, we're in Seattle. Well, and one of the things that, uh, that I love and appreciate about my mother. And it's these stories that, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got it from my mama because, you know, that elephant in the room that we're talking about, like, she does not hesitate to ask the questions. Like, I think she was like, so are you famous? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, you know, it's like you're in first class and you're wearing like a beanie and, you know, like the way that you're dressed, like, you know, you're either in tech or a musician or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. She, I mean, just like she was just super cool. And 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 I just think it's two people that just know how to have conversations. You know, it's uh, right. I mean, I think with anything, if if you just care, mm-hmm. you totally. know, uh, and and oh, my gosh, I think I just realized that I, I said B.S. On it's it's I, OK. I, it's OK. Oh, my gosh. It's all good. <laughs> I'm usually I'm, uh, I'm I'm usually very good about this when I do radio. Um, I, I, anyway, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, you know, we just we just genuinely are, are you know we're interested in in having a good conversation with with each other, and and you know I don't know that, that that's a it wasn't small talk. Yeah, know? no, it, it wasn't a, a thing where it was it it, it was uh, it felt like a labor or anything. You right. know, we were like, yeah, man, you know what. Genuinely, I was genuinely interested in in, in her situation. You know, I mean, yep. it's it's nice, it's nice getting to 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 you know to know just people that well and a, a different perspective, right? And uh, one of the things that I have said to my mom before, and uh, hopefully she's sober enough to hear it <laughs> right now in the way that it's meant. I so admire the fact that uh, there are folks that as they get older, they become. Uh, more entrenched in their beliefs. And then there are folks like my mom who seem to have a genuine curiosity and are like, you know what? Not my times, not stuff that I know about, not what I would do, but like, tell me more. And uh, I, and I is, so respect it. I also do. And and I, that, you know, that was, a, again, things you can you can feel that, you know, like I, I meet people for a living. That's like part of my job, you know? And so 
you, you know, you you get to be able to to read people and 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 to you know, it's like a dog. You know, you can like right. sense, you know, you can sense the insincerity uh, or or whatever. And yeah, man, you know, this is a, a an older lady who who genuinely seemed interested uh, in having a conversation. You know, I, I think that's super cool. You know, I I. I I think you were saying about um, when we were talking about when you were talking about therapy mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I, it's the self-awareness thing, right? That's the that's the key to as we get older to not being the the, the first example you gave yep. of somebody who's older, you know, of, yep. of digging your heels in, you know, it, change is going to happen whether you like it or not. Right. You know, so you can either it can either be painful or easy, you know, and uh, and I I I I just think that's like so important to, especially you know, I'm in my forties, uh, you know, to your mother, I'm a young guy, but you know, I'm not, I'm a middle aged dude, I'm, I'm not that young, you know, and 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 we're getting there, right? We're gonna be our parents in 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 a in a decade and a half, you know, yep. and I want to make sure that I'm on that road of of when I'm in my my seventies that. I'm not digging my heels in that I'm uh, that I'm saying, hey, no, wh- explain it to me. You know, yeah. I, I want to I want to hear it, you know, and and I I, I want to go along for the ride, you know, yeah. uh, even though at that, you know, that vintage, you're no longer really steering the cultural ship. You're, we're all still on it, you know, totally. Uh, well, you and, know. you know, you're not going to, as I said in my Stasiism, you're not going to change the behavior with judgment. Right. Um. Now, speaking of Joan, I suspect oh, uh, we have we have a caller, and I suspect that it is Joan. So, is this Joan from uh, Philly, perchance? It is Joan from Philly. My first question to Tom: Tom, did you buy those red sneakers yet? Joan, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I have not. Um, uh, I, I have I have looked. I, I, I've, okay. I've been, okay. I've been out as shopping. You're doing it, but let me know so I won't worry about it anymore. Okay. <laughs> Because if it was her, she would buy the red ones and the blue ones because, yes. like, you need multiple. I'm yes. thinking, like, a nice suede, like, old school Puma vibe for you, Tom. I I used to have red Pumas. See? Uh-huh. Oh, you did? Well, what, where are they? Well, I, this was in 2001. They're, they oh. uh, they have gone the way of okay. the dodo. Um, <laughs> but. Let me tell yeah. you, kids, it was one of my most exciting, it was such a great experience flying out with you. In fact, I want to let maybe let you know every time I'm going to fly to Seattle and you could book a trip up there for another tour. I I, I will be happy to try to coordinate. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll, I can connect you with my agent. We can get everybody on the seat. We got a, sp- a spreadsheet together. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. She, will, she will do your looks. She'll be like, she'll say to your agent, like, he needs red Snakes. So if you could just get on that, that'd be great. <laughs> no, a lot of things. No, tonight's program, I love it. I really do. And I have friends here who are listening because I, I, I can't say that I'm obsessed with you because I'm too old to be obsessed, sweetie pie. But I am I'm very impressed with you and I appreciate the trip and I loved every bit of it. So, Okay, she's a little obsessed. The what? feeling is mutual. I, I, you know, I, I, I had a lovely time. And it, it, it really is, it's such a pleasure when you get to genuinely connect 
yes. with another person and, without and any that kind we did. Of... I will always say we genuinely connected. So yeah. I will follow you, and someday I'll tell you my favorite songs and have you sing them, okay? I, I would love that. Spirit in the Sky, Norm Greenbaum. Yep. And oh. Slow Hands. And Slow Hand, Conway Twitty. Uh-huh. Okay. Until then is the song that was uh, my dad and my mom's song yep. back yep. in the 50s. Joan yep. and John. Yep. So that's it. All right. Go back to my daughter. I'm so happy I got to t- chat with you again. And, you know, we'll keep in touch. Let me know about the sneakers and we'll be in touch. I, I, I look forward to it, Joan. If you okay. tell her the size uh, of your sneakers, she will then have me shop for a pair. Yeah. Be- because that's what she that does. That would be funny. That would be funny. <laughs> Stacey, yes. Hey, Tom, tell her the size, and she'll do it, and it'll be my gift to you. Oh, she she'll will. She's buying me gifts. Yeah. And I'm a sugar mama now. Yes, you do. 100%. This is not going... This is not going the way that it was supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe maybe this is the way Joan was planning it the whole time. I mean, well, uh, you know, she's I, not I, a I, dumb broad. <laughs> no, no. Get a size space and we'll go from there, okay? Got it. I'm on it, Mom. Okay. Bye, Tom. Nice to chat with you. Bye, it really, Joan. It's, it's great. Okay, we'll keep in touch. Bye, Bye Mom. Bye, Stacey. Bye, Eric. Bye. She's ridiculous. I love that you just called your mom abroad. Also, that that is just that is just fantastic. Oh, we <laughs> have in our family we have lost all sense of like decorum because uh, I don't know we're adults and she is every bit a lady, which is why it's okay to call her abroad. I well, you know, and uh, the the time period too. I mean, right? I, you know, I feel like when when she was a, a in a younger version of herself. Broad was the term, right? Oh, yeah. Totally. Check out the gams on that broad. Right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Look at that broad dancing on a table, nine months yeah. pregnant with a cigarette and a scotch. Oh, wait. That was my mother pregnant with me. <laughs> anyway. For two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. True blues. Um, okay. I would actually like to know about what you do and who you are. I mean, my mother did the heavy lifting and said, are you famous? <laughs> And you shared that you are a musician, and I purposefully, when I have guests on the show, don't do a deep dive because uh, with my business, uh, what I do for a living, so you know, is I don't talk for a living. Uh, I work so that I can talk. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Uh, So what I I do is I uh, help people identify what their core brand is, and then I help them find unique ways to express it. Now, I um, I share that because I'm like, okay, the how I do what I do is uh, I'm intuitive in some ways. And so I kind of know uh, if people are like a home, right, you can knock on the front door and go in and, and ask for an, uh, a way in. But some people are like, come on in the back, you know, come through the root cellar, come through the attic. You know, there's there's all these different entrances into who we are. And we show people all of the different rooms. Uh, and very rarely do we really throw open the doors and the windows to our full selves. And so when I have someone on the show, I just kind of instinctually know like, all right, you know, uh, am I invited into a room, a set of rooms, a wing of the house, the whole house? You know, what's the deal? Um, and so I allow that 
intuition to kind of follow suit. So I know that you're a professional musician. I know that uh, you are lead for a band or two. I know that you travel because you came out to Seattle and you were, I think, starting in Bellingham and heading down the East Coast uh, doing some tour dates. But I wanted you to tell your story because you're a subject matter expert on yourself. Uh, well, I mean, you have full access to the whole house. Oh, uh, cool. You know, whatever, whatever you're into is fine. Uh, also, I love that this isn't your job. Yeah, no. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, uh, I people always musicians are all younger musicians ask me all the time about like you know advice about the about the you know, the path you know right and. Uh, and I, and I always tell them to, if 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 you need money, get a job. Mm-hmm. You know, play music or create art or do the thing that you love because you love to do it. And mm-hmm. if you need cash, do something that you don't love. You know, uh, as as like a job, right? You know, um, and and because it preserves your thing. You know, it keeps it so. What you love is still special, yep. and, and 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 it's your thing, you know. So I don't know. I I just I really I really appreciate that that that. You know. Yeah, yeah. I just you know I, um, I, I used to put my mother to bed by talking to her. <laughs> you know, I can like give me a topic and I can just go and I can talk about it, and uh, um, it's how I work through things. And uh, you know, like I said. Uh, it's hard for people to uh, identify points of connection, let alone express them. And so I love doing that. And so, you know, I do that with people's core brand and figuring out what they want to say and all of that. Uh, but this stuff, this stuff is for me. And I share it with other people because I figure there's other people out there that are curious. And, you know, they're like, uh, with wonder comes wisdom. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think especially more so I, I this is just one guy's opinion. Uh, I think more so than ever, um, especially for younger people, vulnerability is not a thing that is OK. You know, I think there's a I, and probably has a lot to do with like social media and stuff where it's like you're present you're presenting the highlights. Right. You're presenting a, a, a your, your sizzle reel. Right. To, to the world and and. Uh, you know, showing true vulnerability, you know, not like the staged, you know, this is going to be my, my, like, you know, trying to get sympathy likes thing, right, but like, right. you know, but like real vulnerability, the mundaneness of life uh, that we all have to deal with and stuff. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I, it's not, it's not sexy, you know, it's not, it, and it's not, um, it, and it's not really a clickable thing, you know, people tapping their thumbs on it. But it's really important to to be able to be vulnerable and to be able to just talk and 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 to you know keep using your metaphor of of keep the doors in the house open you know let people walk through let you know and 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 walk through other people's and and experience that that's how we get to know each other and we get to know ourselves and stuff and so you know yeah man I I think this is great I think it's uh, you know it will I think it does help people if they can see that it's okay to just talk yeah you know 100 percent 
100%. I mean, you know, this is uh, my dad. It was not his profession, but it was certainly his passion. He was uh, he was an artist. He was a photographer. Um, there's a lot of artistry in my family with visual arts. My brother being a photographer, my sister-in-law a painter, my grandfather uh, was a painter. My uh, uncle, I would say, is an artisan of sorts. He does beautiful woodwork. Um, my art, it turns out, is my voice. And if art is meant to connect uh, the person that created it with the people that are interacting with it, then there you go. My art is my voice. Um, So when did you figure out that uh, music was your connection point with, um, with other people or did it help uh, sometimes, especially given what you've shared about your anxiety and whatever, uh, People think that if you're a musician, you're putting yourself out there, but you're also creating some boundaries for yourself. Um, And, you know, so which were you doing? Creating connection or creating boundaries? Uh, I, uh, my dad, when I was growing up, um, my brother, my dad was a musician, um, not in a serious manner, just, you know, he loved music and he played, he grew up playing the drums and uh, and taught himself, you know, to get around a guitar and get around a bass and whatever. Um, and my he started my brother, uh, my older brother. I have an older brother who's uh, four and a half years older than I am. Uh, he started him on drums when he was six. And by the time he was 11, he was better than anyone else his age. Uh, you know, there, were, there weren't other kids in, in my neighborhood that could play with him, really, you know. Um, right. I grew up in in West Philadelphia, um, and so my dad put a band together around my 11 year old brother of dudes his age, you know, guys that are in their late 20s, uh, you know, early 30s, to play in a band with my 11 year old brother. Um, by this point, <clears throat> I had started playing drums uh, because that's what my brother did. You know, I just always looked up to him, and there was always a band. There was always a band in my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, all all throughout my adolescence, it was my dad and my brother's band. And then as I uh, as got to being like 10, 11 years old, uh, my brother switched to guitar, which therefore then I switched to guitar because he did. Naturally. Um, and it was just what you did. Yeah. Um, I, you know, my neighborhood wasn't the best for sure. Mm-hmm. Um and this gave me something to do, you know, uh, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't necessarily getting in as much trouble as the other kids in the neighborhood because I was playing music, you know, right. I, by the time I was in my teens, I was playing shows two to three weekends a, a month, you know, so I'm, I'm in school all week. I had a part-time job working at a bowling alley. And every weekend I played gigs. You I know, love with, it. And uh, it was just a vocation, you know, it like it, it, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a, I didn't really have a lane um, like as like a reason. It's just kind of what I inherently did and still do, you know? Um, uh, and as I got older and, you know, kind of was like, okay, this is definitely where I'm going. Um, I, I developed the book, what I was saying to you about 
keeping the thing that I'm keeping music as the thing that I just, this is just what I do. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not a, it, I don't, it was, I never cared if I made any money. I never really cared if I was famous or, you know, or any of that stuff. Right. I just, this is just what I, what I, what I do. And, and, you know, honestly, until into my thirties, you know, my career was, it was fine. I always had like some kind of part-time job, but, uh, I did pretty okay in like a small scene, right? You know? Right. Um, you know, I, I I I exist in in the like the jam band world, like uh, the Grateful Dead or Fish or you know that sort sure. of thing. Um, and you know, yeah, and I, I was I was okay with that. That that was totally where where I was for all of my twenties and, and most of my thirties. It was just like okay, you know, I have a part time job as a plumber. And uh, when I'm when I'm not on the road, I, I that's what I would do. And when I was on tour, I was on tour, and 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 that and that was it. Actually, it's kind of brilliant because everybody always needs a plumber. Like <laughs> everyone needs a plumber, and I wasn't like a. I mean, I I, I was I worked for a plumber, you know. I, right, I, he would, but still, I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, no, it was it was great. It was great, and and you know, uh, and the guy was like one of my best friends from high school. Yeah, so it really was just. We we just got to hang out, and I would just make him laugh all day, right? And and he would pay me for it, you know. Which is like um, community. I mean, the thing that you're talking about is like, you know, doing something that you love, and when you love something, there isn't really any expectation back from it, right? Like it's enough. And so yeah. then, uh, when something happens with it, it's like, I feel like you're always grateful uh, for it. And, you know, it's like, oh, look, I mean, I joke about my tens of listeners uh, and like legit, I don't care if I have tens of listeners. Um, I I love when I hear from someone that says, oh, my gosh, I listened to your episode with so and so. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you listened. Uh, yeah. You know, that's always I'm always so humbled by that, that somebody took the time uh, to listen to something that I helped create and I, I feel like you have that uh, that vibe as well. Like, basically, it was like it's been a lifeline and a way to community and a way to communicate for you. Yeah. And it, it's just it's just how I express myself, you know, uh, and, I, and it's never really mattered, you know, uh, what what the re- you know, it was it, I didn't create anything. So I would get something back. Right. You know. It's kind of like uh, I've always kind of viewed it as um, as like paying it forward. You know, uh, I, I like I mentioned earlier, you know, it's like I, I wouldn't have gotten through my childhood and my adolescence if it wasn't for the music that I had at the time. You know, and I and I mean that I don't mean I'm not saying yeah. that hyperbolically, you know, like that is what made things make sense, uh, whether it was, you know being bullied in grade school or, or dealing with a, a, you know, divorce at the house or right. anger, frustration, depression, yeah, any of that stuff. It all was, was the bandaid of it was always music. And, and it got to be a thing where it, it, it's paying it forward, you know, is really just, is, is, is the point of it. You know, it's like, I, I, if people get to come to a show and it helps them in some way, or if they're listening to a, you know, something that I, that I played on or that I wrote it, you know, that's, that's, that's all I, I you know, I, I don't, I don't need them to give me something for it. You know, right. the, the point is, is to, to, to 
to give to others, you know, and so that's like pretty hippie-ish, but you know. No, it's totally not. Uh, so a couple things. Hey, what are you doing next week? Because we're out of time. And I want to talk to you about what it's like to be a musician and create music because I will next week have created a song with Eric. So we can totally talk about like the shared experience. Uh, but in, I would love to. In the meantime, um, I'll reach out to you. I'm not kidding. Uh, if you want to send people to find you, where might they find you? Oh, man. Uh, I, so uh, I look I him up a, on Spotify, uh, folks. Look for Tom Hamilton Jr. or look for one of his bands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can. My original music is uh, my bands. I've, I just, I've had bands. It's not really under my own name. Uh, I, a band called American Babies and a band called Ghostlight um, were is where you could find my original music. There you go. All right. So uh, with any luck, I'm going to have Tom on again next week since I have an opening. And uh, But in the meantime, thank you so, so much, Tom, for being you, for being a gentleman, for taking care of my mother, and for coming on the show. Thank you, Eric. Everyone, stay connected and have a great week. <laughs>